friends. Friends live for a thousand years, a thousand twists of history, a thousand coincidences. We cannot compete, but fortunately, there is a way in which we can borrow a little of their strength. To begin, take a small square of paper about the size of your palm and fold so one end meets the other. This is the first step. With enough practice, you'll be able to fold, flip, crease, reverse, fold, flip, crease and twist until you can make an origami crane in only five minutes. Then make another, then another. Keep going, folding, creasing and twisting until your fingers ache. Once you've made 1000 cranes, you'll be granted a single wish. Use it wisely. Because of the patience such intricate work requires, these little paper cranes have come to symbolize hope and healing. Flocks of a thousand origami cranes, usually fluttering together on a line of string, can often be found in temples throughout Asia and frequently accompany the prayers for peace offered for those who have committed suicide. Now imagine the rustle made by millions of tiny paper wings all struggling to fly. It's already been done. Close to two million of these origami cranes were made by fans of Leslie Chung to mark the 10th anniversary of his death. In his final months, Leslie Chung had seen close to a dozen doctors, but nothing seemed to help. Friends later reported that he was growing increasingly agitated, nervous, tired. At the time, he was one of the most famous and respected actors and singers, not only in China, but throughout the whole of Asia. He was 46 and suffering from a debilitating depression that had taken over every part of his life. And so, in the early evening of the 1st of April, 2003, he climbed to the 24th floor of the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Hong Kong and jumped. But that solitary flight is not enough for the cranes. The thousand years is a long time and sadness echoes back as well as onwards. In his most famous movie, Farewell My Concubine, Chong played Dozer, a young child abandoned by his mother at a training school for the Peking Opera. He is a shy, awkward boy, but he's soon befriended by another young actor named Chateau. The two become close, and their invincible friendship is the only thing that helps get them through their harsh treatment by the opera troupe. Both boys are beaten mercilessly until they have their songs and verses word perfect. At a young age, Dozer is made to become a Dan, the traditional female impersonator in the troupe. His face is painted white, save for red lipstick and the black and blue flecks of eyeliner. He is forced to practice the effeminate voice, the graceful mannerisms, the coquettish smile. As the years go by, he even begins to believe it when he recites, By nature I am a girl, not a boy. Chung's performance in the movie is mesmerizing. Dozer is both hardened by life with the troupe and also painfully naive about the repercussions of his actions in the world beyond the stage. The character burns with a sense of frustrated longing. And it is at times hard to say where Dota ends 
and Leslie Chung begins. What is more, there is a performance within the performance. As they grow up, both Dota and his friend Shuta appear to get trapped in the roles they perform in the most famous Peking opera of all, Farewell My Concubine. Shuta as the defeated king, Shang Yu, and Dota as the royal concubine who comforts him in his most desperate hours. Their performances in the opera are mesmerizing, and at times the two young men leave the stage still believing they are king and courtesan. They soon become famous actors, and their lives begin to mirror those of the characters they so often play, just as the royal concubine would do anything for her master. So Dota falls in love with his best friend. Chang himself also made little secret of his bisexuality. However, when he makes his feelings known, they are swiftly rebuffed. Then history intervenes. Their lives are torn apart by the Cultural Revolution. But when they meet again at the end of the film as old men, they still remember the words from the opera they used to perform each night. Within minutes, they've fallen back into the characters they know better than their own fragile, uncertain selves. If you haven't seen the movie, then I'm afraid I will spoil it for you now. It ends with Dodza killing himself, since he's unable to escape the ending of the opera he spent the best years of his life performing. But the story does not end there. Leslie Chung played Dodza, and Dodza played concubine you. It's possible to lose sense of our own lives amid the past. The famous Peking opera that Shuto and Dodza act out again and again, which, like the movie itself, is entitled Farewell My Concubine, is based on historical events that followed the fall of the Qin Dynasty. Now, the last Qin emperors were corrupt and inept rulers, overseeing countless revolts and countless executions. The final Qin emperor was among the most hated, and not long after his ascension, a popular uprising spread across the country. The leader of this revolt was none other than Shang Yu, a renowned military leader, politician, and poet. He was a charismatic ruler who commanded great loyalty among his men. His forces easily reached the emperor and put him to death for his crimes. However, in the vacuum that followed, Shang Yu was soon engaged in an epic struggle for power with his bitter rival, Lu Bang. Both men commanded large armies and both could rely on bountiful resources. Both styled themselves as kings of vast states and both were prepared to risk any tactic to beat the other and start a new dynasty. The battles and clashes between their forces raged for many years. Finally, after thousands upon thousands of casualties on both sides, the two men agreed to an armistice that would divide China in half between them. However, as Shang Yu made his way back towards his own kingdom after the negotiations, Liu Bang launched a surprise attack. Shang Yu was taken unawares and soon found himself trapped and low on supplies. He turned to drink, finding comfort now only in the love of his life, concubine Yu. She'd followed him everywhere, both when it looked like he would be emperor 
and after his luck turned. His men began deserting in great numbers, while those who were left were gradually decimated in ever more ragged and hopeless skirmishes. Shangyu was surrounded, with no way back to the safety of his home territories. He must have known then that defeat was inevitable. But still he waited in his camp, uncertain of what to do next. And it was while he was trapped that he composed the melancholy Song of Gashi, which is one of the showstoppers in the opera. Once my power could sweep aside mountains, his song recounts. But time has run against me. Shang Yun knew there was only one possible ending to his story. His enemy could not let him live. But what about his concubine, his only solace? If he surrendered now, might she be spared? The lyrics of the song finish by asking, There is nothing more for me to do. But what will happen to you, sweet you, when fate catches up with us? Concubine Yu saw that his feelings for her were clouding Shang Yu's mind. As long as she stayed with him, he would be paralyzed by doubt and indecision. And so she grabbed his battle sword and drove it suddenly into her gut. Her belly gurgled blood. Her lover ran to her side only to cradle her helplessly as she died. In that instant, Shang Yu was roused from his torpor by the shock of grief and despair. The following morning, he led his few remaining men into a desperate last stand. He had nothing left to lose. This is as far back as the cranes might fly. Three suicides, each somehow intertwined. Inside every story is another, each one rippling back through history. Three figures whose lives became inseparable from the roles they assumed. An internationally acclaimed movie star, playing a peaking opera star, who in turn played a doomed concubine, who in turn made her death her finest performance. Perhaps each were only playing at being themselves. Each action is a variation on an action that has been performed a thousand times before. And so the question remains, a question that even the cranes cannot answer. Whose story is real? And how many times must each one die before the others might rest? What happens when time stops running forwards? Next week's five-minute story, Butterfly, will be available from Tuesday at www.sammeekings.com. <laughs>